Welcome back to another episode of the Pick and Pod podcast. Today we'll be previewing game four and going over game three. And the biggest storyline was Jimmy Butler and his 40-point triple-double that carried the Miami Heat to a 115-104 to lead over the Los Angeles Lakers. Ahead of game two, Coach Eric Spolstra said, if you want something bad enough, you'll figure it out. And the Heat figured it out doing so without Goran Dragic and Bam Adebayo. And today we are joined by Thomas Quigley. Tom, how are we doing today? I'm doing just fine on this uh, Monday morning, Monday afternoon now. I know 1.30. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited now because we, we got an entertaining NBA Finals on our hands. We have a series. Can you believe that? We have a series. I think so many people were um, uh, nervous that this would be just another Los Angeles Lakers sweep, you know, a cakewalk to LeBron's fourth title. If anything, last night was Jimmy Butler's statement that, <laughs> whoa, it's not, it's not happening that easy. LeBron, um, LeBron is not allowed to have cakewalks in the finals. He, no. he got that with the Thunder. Now <laughs> <laughs> those five those five NBA finals losses do not let you get an easy title so going along with Jimmy Butler's 40 point triple double uh LeBron James was just an assist shy of his own 25 point triple double off the bench for the Lakers Markeith Morris and Kyle Kuzma both had 19 points and played some good defense but really there's only so much we can talk about other than Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Buckets showed up. He did exactly what his coach said he would do. He came and he found a way to win. He literally willed that Miami Heat team to a win last night. And it was, it was quite, quite the scene. 40-point triple-double, only the third player to do that in the finals, along with his opponent, LeBron James, in 2015 with the Cavs. And of course, Jerry West, the association logo in 1969 at the Lakers. It's definitely going to go down as one of the best finals performances of all time. The craziest part is he didn't take a single three. He scored 40 points and didn't, take, didn't even take a single three. I mean, yeah, in a league that's becoming more and more fixated on the three ball and also placing way less emphasis on the mid-range game, he came out and that was his bread and butter, you know? And I think a big uh, draw with the three-point style play is, is the whole gravity factor, right? Mm -hmm. You can't just leave some guy open the perimeter. You have to guard him at the top of the key. There's, you always have to be thinking about where someone is. But I think that last night, Jimmy Butler brought that gravity effect as he drew people into the middle of the court. And that opened up you know, opportunities at the perimeter. He had 13 assists last night. Yeah, and he had 26 paint points, which is a career high for him. He was just balling from the mid-range. And it's definitely, it's, it's very cool to see such a like 90s style like form of playing basketball come back in such a high-powered three-point long-range uh, league like we're in right now. So it's definitely a series now. If Jimmy Butler can... This is without, you know, his two best supporting roles, uh, supporting actors out for the second game in a row. He said, hey, this is my team, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. 
And now he's put his team in a spot where, hey, they can get those guys back. And hopefully he doesn't have to do this much again. If he does, it's great for us as fans, but it's a series. And it's exciting. Yeah, yeah. I think on top of the zero three-point attempts, I think it's equally impressive that he went out there, played 45 of 48 minutes, and committed zero personal fouls. Second straight 45-minute game for him. Like you said, it's a testament to his ability to just be disciplined and yet still have the fire and intensity to rack up the most blocks in the team. He led, led the entire heat team in almost every major stat the intensity is there and he's he's staying within the rules it's a it's very impressive very yeah. impressive performance. Yeah. it's unreal it's, it's it's actually crazy to think when you look at these stats you're watching the game last night it's like all right yeah jimmy butt was balling out but then you go to check the stats after the game and you're like these numbers don't even make sense <laughs> this is an this is an inhuman performance it, it, it really was wild and i think how heavy it's affecting us right now, how, how big of an impact it's leaving comes from the fact that Jimmy Butler really didn't have to do this in any of the previous series. You know, he, he was, I don't want to say complacent, but he would accept his role on the team and, you know, they're a collective unit. You know, there, there's never just one guy who, who runs the show for that Heat team. And we saw a bunch of different guys chipping in in different ways, you know, it, going through the Eastern Conference. But in a game where those scoring options are extremely limited, Jimmy Butler came out and did – he did everything for the team. Uh, he, he had somewhat of a Jordan-esque era, or aura last night. He did guarantee a game two victory, and that did not come out uh, as planned. But uh, he came out in game three, uh, do or die pretty much. No one comes back from 3-0, and he got it done almost, you know, with some help from the bench, but uh, without his two best report or supporting roles. And uh, he had a Jordan-esque game, putting up 40 points, triple-double, something Jordan couldn't even do in his career. He definitely took some things personally, and we can get into that later with the uh, whole uh, – they're in trouble situation, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it was um, something else. It was something else. And Tom, you bring up the, the whole Michael Jordan thing, and I'm pretty sure every sports fan on the planet watched The, the Last Dance. And I think it was, it was Carl Malone who said, oh, I wasn't afraid of Jordan. I was afraid of the Bulls. And I think it is important to recognize, you know, one guy doesn't run the whole show. And it may seem like that with Jimmy Butler's performance last night, but there were, you know, a tremendous amount of adjustments that needed to be made. And I just want to know, what, what did the Heat do to flip the script in game three? Very successful in taking AD out of the game. Uh, Anthony Davis put up both 30 points in, his, in the first two games of the series was just kind of a dominating factor in both games. Of course, you got LeBron there, the best teammate that you could possibly have if you're in the finals. Um, it was all AD in the first two games. And this game, he didn't even put up bad stats, you know, average-wise. Went six for nine from the field, only 15 points. But it's because he got into foul trouble. And, like, Miami was able to put up a solid wall of defense uh, and he had to panic and, and start catching fouls. And that really limited the ability uh, of him later on in the game to use that dominating force, that, that presence in the paint. And uh, it shows in the score sheet. He was only able to put up 15. And it shows in the final score. Big difference between the Heat winning and losing is whether AD 
can play, can put up numbers. And last night he did not. So they were successful uh, in that uh, sense. And definitely you also have to just like, just from the eye test, you can see the Heat wanted to win more last night. There were so many, there were so many out hustling like plays carried out throughout the game, especially near the end when uh, the Heat were kind of, you know, building their ending lead, um, trying to finish the game. They had that Kelly Olenek steal in transition. It was one of the like, best plays in the night uh, defensively. And they had a, a few of those last night that just really showed that they were, you know, in it to win it. Whereas uh, the Lakers kind of looked a little lackadaisical out there. The Anthony Davis situation was alarming. And I do think it's important to note that Anthony Davis was in foul trouble the whole game, but we can't forget about the fact that he was a non-factor in the first quarter. And you want to have him in a position where he's ready to play later in the game, but man, he didn't even take a single field goal attempt in the first quarter. You know, like it, it wasn't even just a foul trouble issue. It was the Heat's physicality completely overmatched Davis. Completely. I mean, after two games of getting run over by him, it seems that they've developed a bit of a gameplay for him, which is uh, it's interesting because, you know, they didn't have to really, you know, throughout their entire playoff run, they were you know, playing teams that they were kind of underdogs with, uh, against, except for, I guess, the Pacers' first round. They didn't really have to uh, adjust mid-series to a game plan that wasn't working. And now they're finally, uh, you know, forced into that hole. And it seems that they've at least figured out, or at least they have one example of where they can, you know, limit uh, the ability of AD to take the game into his own hands. Uh, personally, I think that Anthony Davis will um, rebound very well from this game. Maybe not another 30-point performance, but he's definitely not putting up 15 again. He'll have to adjust to this as well, so there'll be a bunch of adjustments going on. It's definitely a very impressive uh, work of defense um, last night from uh, Miami Heat and uh, props Eric Spolstra for once again coming out with a game plan that's able to get him another uh, finals victory and a career that's had uh, plenty of those important finals victories. So, so. Yeah, I think the word for me that comes to mind with Anthony Davis, it was uncharacteristic. He has just been so incredibly impressive through these these entire playoffs. And there were a lot of questions surrounding the Lakers going into the season. They pull off this blockbuster trade and ship everyone out of town to bring in the big fish to pair with, with LeBron James. And man, he has lived up the spotlight, but the Heat's defensive adjustments, just the physicality they brought to the table. I mean, we saw not just Anthony Davis, but the entire team struggling from the get-go in that first quarter. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> and, and that was a similar uh, way that game one started, you know. He had got up to an early lead, and then the Lakers blew it off with, you know, one of the most incredible runs in a finals game, uh, maybe of all time, but the Heat were able to stop that this time. Uh, and obviously that was a difference between <laughs> a 30-point blowout and, you know, an actual win for their team, but it was definitely, you know, impressive to see uh, how they've kind of rebounded from, you know, all right, we, start, we have a good start, but we can't just let off. And they didn't last night. They kept going. They kept to their game plan. They really, I mean, when was the last time we were arguing over whether LeBron or uh, AD were the top dog on this team? 
When was the last time you remember LeBron in a finals game putting up less than 20? I feel like, I mean, we don't have a stat tracker right now. We don't have someone, we don't have a producer to get us stats on that. But <laughs> I feel like that has not happened in a while, and it happened sparingly at most. Uh, the fact that the Heat were able to, you know, do that to a player who we argued might be more important to his team than LeBron is nothing, is no small feat. Yeah, man, that, that's a great point. I mean, it's almost like we look back at LeBron's performance last night and we're like, oh, he only had 25 points, you know. And was exactly, because this- it's LeBron, you expect, all right, you know, if he's, <laughs> this is LeBron, it's not your average player. And I mean, Anthony Davis isn't your average player, but LeBron's not putting up 15 in the finals. So, I mean, that's also probably goes with the first time him being here, putting up 30 plus in the first two games. You probably came in with the uh, with the uh, the knowledge that hey, you know, I can do this this team, so I probably will again. They had something uh, up their sleeves. <laughs> did you see? Uh, did you see the Kendrick Perkins tweet before Game Three, where he was like, "I think that Anthony Davis is the greatest teammate to compliment LeBron." Did, did you huh. see that at all? I did not. No, I did not. But that's that's why. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if I would definitely argue against it, but. It sounds silly, but Dwayne Wade responded to the tweet. He uh-huh. said, I agree with you, Big Perk. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Dwayne Wade is definitely that type of player who is not, like, so locked up in his head. that He's like, oh, no, I was. Of course not. But, um, I mean, that's definitely high praise coming from a three-time champion and someone who is on arguably some of the best teams definitely of the last decade with LeBron James. So, definitely high praise coming out of Dwayne Wade. But – might have been a little superstition there. <laughs> Might have came in uh, backfired for AD. Uh, a little jinx <laughs> from Dwayne Wade, rooting for his heat. So, <laughs> yeah, and I think I think it's important to note. You know what? Anthony Davis is probably the most talented guy that LeBron's ever played with. Definitely. Right? I don't think. Yeah, I don't think the argument. You can't go wrong with that argument. Dwayne Wade, you know, brought championship success, uh, knowledge. Solo. Success. He did it solo. He did it so Well, he did it with Shaq, but he did do it without LeBron and then did it with LeBron. So, obviously, different uh, when you're coming in with championships and you're – at the time, LeBron had won none. Now LeBron's won championships. AD comes in with none. I mean, Anthony Davis is definitely a talent, and I don't expect him to put up any less than 25 this game. It's upcoming game four. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> Unless yeah. the Heat are uh, able to continue this stupendous defense. But uh, he's got to figure it out at some point. And the reason why I bring it up is because uh, it, it goes back to the, you know, LeBron Davis, who's the guy in town. And I think that LeBron's so dependable, right? We always know what we're getting out of him. He's the most consistent player for the longest duration of time in NBA history. And Anthony Davis right now is a more physically gifted, phenomenal, talent, superstar player. You know, like, he's just insane. It's so much fun to watch him. But there are performances like what we saw last night. That happens. And we never get that from LeBron. And that's just, like, another another testament to LeBron's success in this league. And an underrated player as – much as you know he's in the goat conversation people people are uh they definitely take him for granted the uh, ability he has to show up every night and do amazing things and us be like eh. Giannis, Giannis is the MVP. <laughs> yeah. 
But, uh, I mean, Giannis is a great player. He's probably the most valuable player this year. But LeBron seems to always be one of the best players out there, and he's over, always overlooked for, you know, awards and such. And I think that definitely uh, helps fuel him. And uh, we've seen him he's now 10 finals. So maybe it's working for, the, uh, for pumping him up more than it is uh, working against him. So. Yeah. yeah, maybe LeBron's best teammate is an Anthony Davis. It's voter fatigue. It's definitely <laughs> voter fatigue. <laughs> Listen, man. You can make the argument. Certainly. Listen, listen. He had a great game, but let's not forget, LeBron had eight turnovers last night. We saw the Lakers come out to a sloppy start. They had 10 turnovers in the first 12 minutes, and the Heat, they looked as good as, you know, we're going to see them. They had a great game, but it was, you know, complete back and forth from that point on, you know, like there was never a point when the Lakers could just take over like they have in, in so many previous series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the Lakers kind of last night looked like a team that was ready to hit cruise control on the, uh, on the season. And they got a, a big wake up call from a, a Miami heat that didn't back down. Then uh, they, the heat even got some, 15 point lead I think at one point uh a few large leads 10 plus credit to the Lakers they didn't they didn't really let the heat run away with it either but in games prior especially game one of this series and other games that the Lakers have played against in their uh run through the Western Conference they were able to jump on the uh the throats of teams that left up any win like left open any window and last night the Heat uh, made sure that they they left the windows closed. They locked them. <laughs> I think cruise control. That's the perfect way to put it, man. And they know? definitely they it was. I wouldn't say they were asleep out there, but they definitely did not have the uh, the Mamba mentality almost that I saw out of a lot of Heat players, especially Jimmy Butler last night. The uh, just refusal to go out there and and give anything less than a hundred percent and. Uh, the Lakers, I mean, I'm sure they'll wake up for it, from it. LeBron looked aggravated the entire night with the way that he's, his team was playing, maybe even himself, was frustrated throughout the whole game. It seemed like he was also ready at least to try and put the series behind him. But uh, with the way that the Lakers came out last night, they came out flat and uh, they weren't able to get it done. Yeah, dude. I, I think they just weren't prepared for how physical this game was going to be. You know, like very first play alley-oop to Dwight Howard you know like I when I see that I think oh well they're gonna get completely overmatched by the big men tonight um and then we see them completely shut down Anthony Davis you know um they, they came into the game too comfortably you know and it, it showed down the stretch it showed early and it's gonna be extremely interesting to see how they respond to that in game four. If we can get Bam out of bio back, we uh, will definitely have an interesting game four. You can't have LeBron on your team and, and, uh, and not get an earful after a lackadaisical performance. So we'll have, we'll have two teams that are ready to win come out on, uh, in game four. And it'll be interesting to see whether Jimmy Butler can put up another dominant performance, whether AD can uh, rebound back from his 15-point performance, and uh, whether Bam can play uh, – on an injured shoulder, whether that uh, seriously impedes his ability to play. I mean, he might be going out there as more of a dummy, like like a, a distraction, you know, 
for uh, them to circulate their offense around him. That's a great he's ready to go. Point. But, uh, That's a great point. They bring him out as a dummy. I mean, these past two games, we're seeing Myers Leonard come out as the mm. starter, right? Yeah. And down the stretch. Most vocal person on the bench, which is one of, the, one of my favorite parts of the Miami run of the gone. <laughs> yeah, he is so fascinating to watch. Just, you know, just clapping it up, man. He's had – he has so much fun over there. But He's almost as into the game as Jimmy Butler is when he's putting up 40 points. Like, it's a, it's pretty funny. But, it's a uh, different kind of intensity. It's definitely – yeah, no. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I've but, been there, like, on some, uh, on some benches in the past for high school sports. But, oh, yeah. You, that's you neither get, here nor there. You get some brownie points from Coach, and it paid off. <laughs> it definitely did pay off. He started these past two games, exactly. but he's been kind of a non-factor in crunch time. You know, we're yeah. seeing them try out Kelly Olenek. <laughs> Kelly O. 17 points. He had 17 points. He had a yeah. good game, man. Hey, I was making jokes at the beginning of the series that uh, Kelly Olenek will have to have a fantastic series for the Heat to win. And now uh, after they've lost, you know, two of their huge players, it's kind of becoming a factor, <laughs> which is uh, very interesting. And uh, yeah. definitely fun to watch is uh, both of us are – Celtics fans. He's a former Celtic. Watched him a few uh, Celtics playoff runs when we had Isaiah Thomas. But <laughs> now he's in. Now he's in Miami, and uh, he's kind of a factor now with, with uh, such a depleted roster. Yeah, I mean, Mister Three Hundred Five, Kelly Olynyk. Three Hundred Five. No, in all seriousness, though, let's say that that Bam Adebayo can come back, right? Mm. Yes. Maybe maybe he's not the force that he was, but he's somewhere between a dummy and, you know, what he was when healthy. Like, what what does that mean for the rest of this series? And, I mean, can they, can they take it? Well, for the Heat, uh, <laughs> it's better than nothing. It's definitely better than nothing. But I feel like, bam, as much as he's just, like, so huge in their offense – they need him to just be able to play defense. And with a, an injured shoulder, I'm not sure how severe it is. He's been held out of two games, so it must be, like, a little bit severe. Uh, I don't know if he'll be able to play to his – or, like, blocking Jason Tatum to win the game type status coming off the injury. So, no, I still have nightmares. I still – yeah. I still <laughs> see that in my dreams before I go to bed. So, if they can have that, well, this entire, this entire series is turned on its head. But if they have to use him as a dummy, they were very successful on offense last night, uh, even if it all mostly came from Jimmy Buckets. Uh, if they have Bam there, you know, that's just another pawn that they can use in, in circulating that offense. And uh, it's better than nothing. It's definitely just better than nothing. So. Yeah. And I think that the big question that everyone's asking themselves now is, was this just the the hiccup that, the the Lakers have faced a couple times um, in previous series. You know, they they dropped a game against the Nuggets. You know, they they have had games where they don't look like themselves, but they bounce right back. Is is it that, or are the Heat making noise? It's tough. You don't want to get overly excited. You know, you don't want to. I think I did that last time when they were playing the Nuggets. I was like, oh, three one. Nuggets are gonna come back again, <laughs> and they didn't. And the Lakers also lost their first game against the Rockets and against the uh, Blazers. That was not a series. <laughs> Those are both gentlemen sweeps. So, you know, after last night, it's hard to discount the Heat too much because they just showed a lot of heart and they said, hey, we're not going down with an easy fight. 
I want to go with this is going to be a series. Uh, the Heat are going to be a factor, but I feel like Anthony Davis is going to come back tomorrow night and uh, Anthony Davis great performance, win game four, and then it's going to be a 3-1 series deficit. I think the Lakers will probably wrap this up in a gentleman's sweep. <laughs> as much as I love the Heat, I loved watching them last night, I know LeBron, and I know that this is a very depleted Heat roster, and if they can't get Bam out there fully ready to perform at the level he's able to, I don't see the Heat with much of a chance in this series, despite Jimmy Buckets' fantastic performance last night. Yeah, Jimmy Butler, just no humans capable of doing that, you know, seven games in a series. And, you know, as much as I want the Heat to win, I think they're banged up. I think they're tired. And most importantly, I think Anthony Davis is not going to have back-to-back terrible games. But we will have to wait until tomorrow night at 9 o'clock for all these questions to be answered. You can watch Game 4 then. And we will be back on Pick and Pod to break down that one.